This is Demon. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week, uh, we have a very mysterious special guest, someone who is so hard to track down. I had to go go through a second party to get a hold of you. Uh, welcome to the show, Demon. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was it's it was a while. It was a bit of a trek to get you so thank you for coming on and letting your people talk to our people and uh yeah i had to you know let management sort it out all the big guys yeah at the top. really appreciate that thank <laughs> you for gracing us with this time uh because we when we discovered you kyle and i have this thing we're like we'll we'll one of us will hear something and then it's like you need to check this shit out like this is the hot shit like it's something that like we both look at each other and go, we acknowledge that like this is something special. And when I think you, Kyle, sent me a link to initiate, and is like th- you were like this is the hot shit. Yes. And this also may or may not be a com true secret side project. Uh, and what I heard it, I'm like, yes, this is the hot shit. And I love that feeling. I love that sense of discovery, um, with music that could still be done. And that's why I like retro electronic whatever whatever you want to call yourself let let that be you um so let's talk about demon how did that project get going yeah um i also want to say it's really cool that uh my music had that impact at all i think it's, it's really cool to hear that like if, as long as it impacts one person that's cool but two people in this case that's that's awesome um so yeah, I started out making music in 2011. Of course, it was like, I wouldn't call it music now. It was a Pirate FL Studio, try to make something that sounds terrible. <laughs> Do that for like, I think I did it for three months or six months. I Googled what DAW Deadmau5 used, saw it was Ableton, switched to Ableton, never, never looked back. Um, but yeah, I started out making Progressive House and Electro House, you know, dance stuff. And that was okay. It was, I'd say it's probably looking back, it was probably uninspired. And then um, I heard Comtrues in 2014, 2013. So I think I was using, it was so long ago, it was like Pandora. It wasn't Spotify. And uh, his remix of Awake by Tycho was like, he showed up in the shuffle play. And I'd never heard anything like it. It was so. It was just it just clicked with me instantly. It was, it was one of those, and uh, I was like, I want to make music like that instead, and uh, I did. And I made um, I just experimented with something. I don't know if it ever saw the light. I think it did. Yeah, I think it, it got released on some obscure stuff, but uh, somehow I turned it into an album. Put that album out on SoundCloud under it. Actually, what, what became of Initiate was like, it was called Order, which is one of the tracks on there. It was really messy. Like it was just thrown together. 
And so I deleted it. I think I added a couple songs, you know, really re-released it as initiate. And that one, that one took off. It's hot. It's a hot album. Um, we, we were actually uh, DJing for the makeup and vanity uh, set show that we hosted in Minnesota. And we played hurt in between the live sets for people yeah. to hear. It was great. What do they think of it? Do they hate it? <laughs> no, no. People are jamming. There were there. It was interesting. That concert was interesting because like there were some people that had never been to a synthwave show before. There were some younger mm. people there, and so there was like one like super cyber goth kid dancing like really hard to it. Like you know those meme videos of like the cyber goths dancing. Yeah, the ones under the bridge and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like that. But it was one person. That's awesome. And then there was someone. They called it spinning. They had like mm-hmm. these orbs on a, a glowing orb on a rope, like a, and they like were like yo-yo almost. Yeah, flinging it around and shit. Sweet. Yeah. So people are people are jamming to it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I've never gotten to hear my I, my music in a live setting. I imagine it. I would just imagine it sounds bad because I've never heard it in live settings. So I don't know how to like account for that. But nah, yeah, I blasted it. It sounded good. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Yeah, it it went over well, um, and it fit really well with the motif of the overall show. So I, I think people were were jamming on it. So that's how it's interesting. So that's how initiate came into being. Was it was sort of a false start and then yeah re release. It almost shouldn't have existed. You know, it was like I put it out as on SoundCloud under that different name and different album and everything, and I was like, this just sucks. It just didn't sit right with me. I was like, man, this doesn't feel right and then i don't know if i like had the i think i might have just deleted it out of shame i I don't know what it was i might have just not had a plan but uh yeah i think it was only like five songs and i had some other songs and yeah re-slapped it together It, it it made more sense too the the idea of like i like the uh in the initiate the bookends of like meltify and liquefy because at first i think one of those tracks was called liquefy and melt that was stupid. So <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. I fixed it. Yeah, it's a lot better. That's awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, so that that took off. You actually uh, were able to get that released on cassette. So I'm not sure if there's any left of those through Polycora, but if there is, get it. You're stupid if you don't buy it. Yeah, there's no way for me to check how many are left, so I can't like tell people. Hey, you only got two left. Go get them. I think uh, I might be able to fact check that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get that info because that's important to know. So yeah, I never um, I never went out of my way to do that. I think uh, Polycora, he just he was like, hey, I want to put your stuff on cassette. Sure. What do I, <laughs> what do I have to sign? Not much. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real. It's really cool. So I'm I'm happy that that's a physical release. Now, is it is it is it a dream perhaps? to get something on vinyl is are you oh yeah okay definitely although i'd like like after that cassette released i was like man that it's kind of cool because i got to i got to get one obviously and it's like i'm holding something i made it's physically on like magnetic tape mm-hmm. i, I want to make something that's worthy of being put on vinyl which is a tall order for myself but maybe i already have maybe some people already think i have made something worth being on vinyl i i think, I think so. so i think initiate deserves to be on on vinyl. Wow. Delicious pink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool, yeah. I have a I mean I have a vinyl collection of my own. It's not it's not like big or anything, but I I 
it's something that I I hold with reverence, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get too like weird about it, but it's like uh, I don't know. It's magic. Uh, it's, we it's... get real weird about it. Yeah. Good. Good. I won't feel out of place. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, it, it's our collections are shamefully large, especially with That's like good. synthwave shit. And like that's well, how I like can, uh... to consume it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sitting down with the record, engage physically engaging with the music itself. Uh, it's different. It's different. I swear. I have um, I have a pretty hate machine, Nine Inch Nails on on vinyl, and I, well, it's funny about that as I listened to it on Spotify a few years before I had bought it on vinyl. On Spotify, I was like, this song blows. This sucks. This sucks. I didn't care for it, but when I bought it on on vinyl and I, I forgot all about it <laughs> when I listened to it on vinyl it was different mm-hmm. it's, it clicked and I, it's my favorite record of all time I uh, I think Trent Reznor especially gets this um, the the mastering is different with vinyl and what oh, I yeah. like about his remixes of his albums or remastering is that he brings in different elements and masters it for that format so you're going to get a slightly different experience depending on what you're listening to and mm-hmm. he takes that care um, oh definitely yeah. So I also have Pretty Hate Machine on vinyl. I have a lot nice. of his early stuff on vinyl. So uh, I, I, it sounds different. It, it really does. If you off of Spotify or if you've got like a wave file or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. they all sound a little bit different. You hear different elements. There's certain things that come in that you just don't notice. And so I like how that's different. It's a different experience. Vinyl has a very specific experience because it has to be mastered in a particular way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I'll start listening. Like I want to listen to Brit Hate Machine. I'll go on Spotify, start. Like, man, this sucks. And I'll, I'll restart on vinyl. I'll go put it put it on the on the player, and it's so much better. I'll listen to the whole thing front to back. See, it's that that's how it gets you. You gotta yeah. be invested yeah. in it. You're experiencing it as a whole. You can't just be like fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Oh yeah, no, that's I totally see value. People like like they talk about that, but that really does like. I don't want to say force that makes it sound like menacing. It kind of forces you to appreciate each song and stuff. I don't know. I, 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 I think I tended to like to, to like each song individually more at the end of the record, because like you said, you can't just fast forward and skip to the boring parts. You come to appreciate every second of the song. I was just going to say it facilitates a higher appreciation of the product as a whole. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a way to put it. Yeah. Elegant. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. Another another way to to spin that is that Ooh, it's a, a p- nice pun. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, is that uh, if a musician or artist creates a story, a sonic story, it forces you to take that journey. And if oh, you're yeah. in the fast forward culture, skip, 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 skip. You don't ever get. You're that. not gonna know what's going on. And you'll be confused. Exactly, and and you're able to to get the whole experience of the record, especially if the artist is a album quote artist, as opposed to single artist. The only other form of media that I can say work the same way as listening to like a physical record front to back would be Daft Punk's interstellar five, 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 five. Cause There you have a movie basically made to every track of the entire album as it goes. Mm-hmm. That'll help you appreciate it more. Kind of like listening to a record. And that's the only other thing that I can think of that w- would work the same way 
as listening to a vinyl record. For yeah, sh- for sure. I really need to watch that. I, I I love Daft Punk, and I have a friend that's a huge fan of them, and but they they kind of helped me become a bigger fan. And I, I watched um, oh, what's the what's the one where they become human? The, the movie they made. Oh, that that's Interstellar. Yeah, five five. No, it's uh, Electroma. Electroma. I'm thinking of that. Oh, okay, something different. That one wasn't obviously as musical. I just liked it, it's, you know. But yeah, that's a good point though. If you literally have a visual element, it engages you. Yes. Music. Yeah. It forces you to sit your ass down, and engage with it. That we're like listening. You can get up and you can do other stuff. And so yeah. visual uh, media is interesting in the sense that. You can't do anything other than sit down and watch the thing. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, and we talked about this a little bit uh, pre-show, is, it, and I joked, obviously, is that people think that Demon is a Comtru's secret side project. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it, we, we obviously went into depth about it, uh, but I'd like to readdress it because I think there's some people out there that I'd be very curious about because I was I, I was talking to one of my friends I'm like we're interviewing Demon and they're like holy shit please tell me if it's if it's Seth or not <laughs> um, and that's both that's you seem to really struggle with that um, but, but we thought of it as kind of a at the end of the day a compliment um, where do you yeah. do where do you see like your do you see where people could think that? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's if you're taking taking what the the average listener says, you can't really trust them um, wholesale because they they don't know like they don't know how to make a song. Not mm-hmm. that they're not that their input is isn't important, but they're not gonna know like oh this this synth is completely different from this synth, and this sample pack is like no nowhere near that sample pack, and this is that this is that like. You know, they're not going to know that they don't they don't pick up on the tiny things that maybe a producer would. And even Mm -hmm. if they do, it's like you can't always trust that. So I guess I should take it as a compliment. Um, Yeah, I should take it as a compliment. I think the the things that I that the people that say to me that remind that like this has to be Seth is like your drum programming um, is really tight and um, has like very similar like snare progressions and that's what kind of seth is known for is is hit you because i think he used to be hip hip hop producer back in the day um yeah and so there is that element of those lively drums and drums are really hard to program because it's a machine right so to have a lively drum mix that sounds it's synthetic but it will sounds alive like someone's actually playing Mm. it that's a hard thing to do and so i think in some ways, people go, well, that's really impressive. It must be Seth because he's so talented. Yeah, and I mean, that's something I've always struggled. Drums have been like the the, the bane of my existence, even when I wasn't making synthwave or like non 4-4, especially in 4-4, like house music. It's You have to do a, a balancing act more than like a, you know, hip-hop style beats. I never, um, like I said, when I started making music in this style, I didn't like taken a, a vhs sex and and like put like put my kicks where his kicks are and or, you know and i don't use a drum machine either it's all just inside ableton virtually like you know um i will say like like this like you were saying with the snare progression that's definitely an inspiration from him and maybe a couple other people but 
Yeah. It's it's hard. It's definitely hard. Getting them to sound punchy, not muddy, fat, but not too fat is is it's brutally hard, but maybe I'm okay at it now after five years of it. <laughs> That's exactly how I like my girls. <laughs> <laughs> fat but not too fat. Uh, punchy yeah. but not too punchy. <laughs> punchy. Oh, okay. I went with the wrong one. I went with a really, really bad uh, one. No, it was both. It was, it was both. both. It was both. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, it's so that's you know it's really it's interesting and, and we talked about obviously like I had sent it to some friends out who were like just absolutely convinced um, that it was a, a Seth side project. Um, so you know I think it's it's cool to be compared to Seth and and I think there's enough of a differentiator to be like this isn't because if you use yeah. certain tools, it it's easy to say well that is it must be that person. But yeah, and I appreciate so... that you can different differentiate it to it. Like you, you see that in in a, in a way that it's not just a carbon copy. Because like, like I said earlier, if you wanted to do an actual carbon copy, it would be so brutally difficult. It would, you wouldn't get anything done. And uh, when you said that earlier, I got really sad because the first thing that came to my mind is there's never going to be another sandstorm. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it. I think I dabbled with that. Okay. All right. Now we're talking. All right. I actually do like trance and stuff like that. Like I was talking about earlier with old, like old nineties. There's this record I recently got on vinyl. It's um, Black Forest by uh, what's his name? I forgot his name already. Snyder. I think Daniel Snyder. Whatever. It's this really awesome trance track with these plucks that I try to rec- recreating them. It's not possible. Like, I think it must have been. He might have been using like a that synthesizer that I could never afford. That's probably what it was. Yeah, a synthesizer I couldn't afford. That, but uh, if, if I were to say that, that'd be many of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's another thing too. A lot of people think uh, like I like they always call me like like something analog. Like this guy, this guy's like one of the analog lords. Like he's oh man, he's I don't own I own two synthesizers. One of them is analog. I own an MS Twenty Mini and a Volca FM the uh, digital like Yamaha DX7 thing never ever used uh you know like a, a Moog from my stuff or Oberheim anything like that so that's another way like you can see that the average listener isn't going to know the difference between a uh, soft synth and a hard synth yeah I would never know yeah and are we talking about Buchla is that it that's an expensive one right that's a told that's modular synth I would love a Buchla though so yeah there's I'd love there's the Moog yeah. synths which are like all the self-contained shit and you got the knobs and then there's modular where you plug in all these cables and it just shit happens. I love making pasta. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. those cables gone. Yeah. You're making pasta. That's the real money cool. dump. That's the, I got to get this next module. I got to get the new module that's out. That's, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. So clearly you use then synth sample packs and maybe not go so far outside of a synth sound that people still think you're tweaking on an actual synth. Yeah, that might be it. I mean, in terms of samples, it's mostly drums. Lately, I used to be really like aggressive about that against myself, like never use any, no, never use presets, never use, you know, these like uh these one-shot synth sounds and I said fuck that a long time ago and well, a few years ago now. It's just like you have a you have a limited amount of time on the planet. You shouldn't be making everything from you know scratch, like reinventing the wheel. If there's a preset that sounds good, just use it. That's what a lot of my 
song uh, songs involved or some really nice pad presets and stuff. Yeah, it's I think having us and I'm probably gonna get hate for this sentiment, but I think if you have a good solid bass and you just tweak the bass, it's all good. Why do you need to oh, yeah. why do you need to go through the agony of programming something from scratch? Like looking at the different wave, uh, like waveforms, and you're like, "Oh, I'll mix these things, create the sound." Yeah. Life is pain. Embrace it. <laughs> no. Yeah, there, are, there might be times when you want a specific sound, and if you're good at synthesis enough, which uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm still at that point yet, where I know I need this, I need to mix it with this wavetable and to get that. But uh, the average, again, with the average listener, they're not going to go and download this synth and go through all the presets. Aha! I found you, fucker. Use this one. <laughs> I found you. I found you out. Which I have done. I have done. I've, I've found <laughs> presets that people have used, and it's pretty fun. But I can't tell anybody. I'll tell. Like I used to have. I used to have lots of producer friends. Would be like, check this out. This is that sample. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I was. I was excited by it. I, I think I, I know it. I know. No. Well, it makes it feel more like it makes them feel less. Um, makes them feel more human. It's like I can. I, I can touch you. Like you're. You know. You're. You're. You're, you're the same as me. You used a preset, so you're not actually this god that that I would never be able to compare to. It's like, oh, you used a preset. But you got to use it right. <laughs> you can't just... Yeah, definitely, definitely. Although Otherwise I would like to... Bad. I would like... Because here's the thing. We we discussed this earlier because uh, you listened to some other episodes and it's come up a few, by, for a few people is it doesn't matter what tool you use. It's how you use yeah. the tool. So we could be proved totally wrong. Some motherfucker could just use all presets and barely do jack shit with them and make them sound like a million dollars. That's happened already, I think, with like Big Room House and and stuff. Like a lot of that big electronic music that was the craze in 2015 or something. I was already well into synthwave, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, oh, it was it was a big meme in the in the electronic like in the EDM you know scene. But yeah, as soon as I saw like Skrillex and that, I kind of was like, you know, I'm just this is a, exciting for me. Yeah, well, I, that's understandable. But yeah, um, no, it does not matter what tool you use at all. Like I said, you could use Audacity. You could, you could write the ones and zeros yourself. Like, look at old, um, like the Donkey Kong soundtrack uh, for the SNES. I think the uh, David Weiss, the stuff he did for that game. Like, people love these songs, but they were painstakingly, like, almost made by hand in that archaic software. So you could do great things with. And actually, obviously, I would say that. The limitations. I almost, I almost want to impose more limitations on myself because then you get more creativity. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think when you you get rid of some of the the noise, uh, mm. it allows you to really focus on what you have. And so it's an interesting way to um, challenge yourself and to do different things that unlock uh, just different potential of of what you can do and a way to force yourself into a different mindset, especially if you feel like you've got writer's block. I think oh, that's yeah. a really fun thing to do. It's like, here are my three colors. That's it. Now go go to town. I've thought about that lately because I've been having severe, like the last release was the end of 2019, the last proper release. And I thought about things where like, I'll do a project where I don't use any sample or any sequencing, do it all, like recording all the drums, all, everything by hand with the keyboard or, you know, other MIDI devices and stuff like that, or only have you 16 channels. Like like the demo version of Ableton, you can only use sixteen MIDI or audio channels, something like that. Like it would probably work, but it'd be a pain in the ass. You know, why not? It's a challenge. Do it. You'll be. You could be surprised. 
again yeah. it's like when Comtrues made galactic melt the the weird stuff that he did for that album are some i mean they're tedious they're definitely like i would never oh yeah uh prescribe to that how he did that but just like he did some weird shit and you, we got an amazing album it paid off big time yeah I can't. Yeah, even I can imagine having to hear like he would talk about how he'd like make a lead and he'd bring it to the sampler and he'd have to play it from the beginning every time. But I feel like that helped him a lot because if there was something wrong in that lead somewhere, he would hear it because he'd have to hear it from the start. You have to hear the whole thing. So he'd probably be cool to know if he like swapped some stuff, re-recorded it if he, you know, he figured it wasn't good enough. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I sometimes like I wonder like is he really actually one of those evil geniuses or is he someone that's trolling and has a production style? That's like a <laughs> lot easier than cause you like Aphex twin. Hmm. He's, he's a mad scientist savant and oh, yeah, he, totally. but he also likes to troll the shit out of people. So like oh, he'll yeah. say totally absurd shit and just let it fly. And it takes someone being like, that's not, he, no, he didn't make his own synthesizer. He didn't do this thing. This is what it's from. And then, but everyone believed him that he like designed hardware, whatever it is, his own mm-hmm. synthesizers, which may be true because he's smart enough, I think, to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I totally wouldn't. It sounds like something he would do. Sounds like something out of a movie too. You know, the, like here's some techno babble. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. to the to most people, they just take it at face value. Yeah, exactly. But then the people who know be like that. What that makes absolutely no sense. Here's this. <laughs> here's a, I'm gonna pull a Kyle. So, in American Psycho, when um, Brett Easton Ellis was writing it, he was doing research on fashion, and he was trying to understand the the, the men's fashion and the and women's fashion at the time. And what he did is that if you didn't know anything about how people dressed, Patrick Bateman, the main character, was describing how people dressed, and they would look like clowns in real life. Like if they put together, if they were actually wearing that attire, they would look absurd. But in the book, he's passing it off as if these people are really like well styled. But it goes to show that he himself is a dumbass. But also shows that the audience is a dumbass because most people just take it that he knows what he's talking about and he has no idea what he's talking about. But maybe it's also part of Pat Patrick Bateman's character talking about these kind of things if he really is a psychopath <laughs> then maybe he wouldn't know any better he is dressing See? like a clown you don't know it's multifaceted oh right my god there. we're going into a into a deep well here so i need to watch american psycho again now uh it gets more interesting when you read a lot about what brett easton ellis did when he wrote it and all the stuff he did to purposely fuck with the audience basically oh yeah i had no idea about that i should like that's there's a whole world in there yeah Yeah, it's a satire it's a it's entirely a satire and it's a dark comedy Uh, and the movie plays up the humor aspect more because there are parts of the book that did make me laugh like out loud because it was such an absurd scene being painted but it, it was played straight the entire time like it was there's nothing in that book that would make you think that this was a satire. This was something that was funny. Oh, okay. I get it. Cause yeah. it plays it straight. That's the, cool. The whole time. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Watch it. 
read it. Yeah. It's a great it's experience to live both it. At the oh same yeah, time. I, haven't, I still haven't watched Blade Runner. I really need to stop being lazy and, and watch that. Wait, what? Like the original? Yep, the original, not the new one. I'll have to watch that one next. But yeah, I'm bad about that. Like I'll, I'll open up Netflix and it's like there's Blade Runner. Oh, but there's Django Unchained. Let's watch that for the eighth time. <laughs> I don't blame you. I've watched yeah. that so many times. That's, I mean, yeah. that's cool. Uh, it's like it's a it's not I don't know if it's like a comfort thing or like a, I know what's in this I don't have the you know I don't have to do any mind power exert any mind power I know what I'm gonna get I totally wanna it's weird how I make this type of music and some people might compare it to like the Blade Runner Vangelis stuff but never heard it that's hmm. good that's cool you arrived at that at that accidentally yeah I hope so to an, pure, extent, to an extent pure osmosis cultural osmosis yeah. not through the direct feeding from the source it's interesting yeah i mean i really like 80s music um but both like like prince fucking love prince like that was a a legend that will never be able to experience anything close and like what he did with 80s music similar like nine inch nails with uh doing it all by himself is uh it was like I don't know, just really cool for the like that that was unheard of at the time. It was so so much to do. But uh yeah, I've always liked 80s music, but I didn't like um set out to be like I want to sound like fucking Power Glove soundtracks or anything. Yeah, I, I honestly when I listen to your music, I don't get any overt um 80s tropes. I think you use some of the tools um, but that doesn't mean you're 80s. And I think a lot of people in the scene get that confused um, because they say, well, yeah. one person is synthwave or another person is not synthwave because they might use synthesizers. But synth-based music has been around oh, yeah. for 40 years or more. Um, and yeah. it's easy to say, well, this new artist is using synthesizers, so they're synth, but that's not really fair or true. I think there's a level of attention if you're going to be synthwave versus yeah. someone that uses synth synthesis or synthesizers. You don't, you're not necessarily lumped in because then a lot, almost everyone would be synthwave then because you look like oh, churches. Yeah. They are. I've seen people compare. I've seen people claim that calm trues is vaporwave and that blew my mind. I'm like, do you know what vaporwave is? I know it's changed a bit, but I think uh, as far as like the synthwave genre goes, I think a lot of it was like we in the as in the present imposed a lot of what we think about 80s music onto 80s music. Like they didn't have like the the sounds that we have now in 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 those songs. Like it doesn't it's like if you listen to like uh, Auto Autotron by Garth Brooks, I think like that sounds fucking awesome. And it it sounds like the 80s, but it's not. There was no way they could have made that. Right, modern production techniques and sounds, uh, with a viewed through the lens of of like retro kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what I like about Com True is like this futurist. Like, if if the '80s never turned into the '90s, what would music sound like in the modern day? It's such a cool idea to me. Yeah, I agree, and I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, yeah. it's like other like, genres didn't didn't come up and exist. It was. Yeah, like if hip-hop and all that stuff never took over, if, like, you know, 90s rock and grunge and all that stuff didn't get off the ground, everyone, like, the drum machines might have gotten better and, you know, they might have gotten digital audio workstations and stuff, but they were still using, like, Lindrums and, 
you know, Oberheims and all that stuff, what it would, what it would sound like. That's what Com True is kind of is. I feel. Yeah. Sounds like the future. He is the future. Definitely. He is the future of tomorrow of yesterday. He's the future of yesterday. What? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, cause he's retro, but he's the future. I know. I'm... Yeah. The future of yesterday. Yeah. It makes sense to me. See, I got your back. I got your back. Thanks buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 you know, I appreciate that um, about Seth, and I like that. I find him still exciting. I'm yeah, curious. There's so much intentionality in his work that like you can't look past it. Yeah, I'm curious what he's gonna do next. I hope it's like Same. way, way different. Yeah, I, I mean, me too. Like when when Persuasion System came out, I was like, finally, he's getting into this really like he is evolving, and it's it's changing. Um, so much like if you if you were to play Indie K and then Indie K two, it'd be like this is the same artist. It'd be crazy, but yeah, hopefully he'll um feel free now that the narrative's over and all that stuff. Maybe, maybe he'll feel free to like just go wild with stuff, not care what people, you know. This doesn't sound like what you made before. He's probably gonna be trapped a little bit by that, but I hope it's just hip hop beats. It's just hip hop beats over ambient music. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which have you heard is uh his airliner stuff? Uh I have There's not. Still... No. I know about oh, it. Oh he Yeah. Oh it's it's amazing. It's really good. It's like Boards of Canada with like hip hop. More more they lean more into like the like it's like modern Boards of Canada, I guess. It's like, well not that they're old, but relatively. Like if if the Boards of Canada made music today, I feel like that's kinda what airliner stuff Airliner's pre com truths, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what his. It, he had two projects before Com True's proper, and then I know that mm-hmm. he did like hip hop production at some point in time, early, early in his career. Oh yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, that stuff. I feel like um, it, it, the, the Com True stuff took precedence, and if it hadn't, or if like maybe like now that he's done for the most part, if he goes back to that, there's a lot of room for that because um, like lo-fi hip hop, all that stuff kind of got popular. Uh, like the lo-fi beats chill study to stuff. He could like, it, it would be a lot of people would like it. It's really accessible. Kyle, did you hear Doja cats rap over broken date? No. So I have, she, she takes it basically wholesale. doesn't really do anything to the song and just raps over it. And then it was released as a bootleg. Yeah. Uh, the suicide boys did something similar I like how theirs sounds better. Uh, uh, yeah, that really bugged me because I was like, man, this is a producer I really like. I don't like that. Because, uh, like, I don't want to, like, shit on their art or whatever, but it, it, the way people don't give credit all the time kind of sucks. Like, if you're just going to rap over it, then you at least ask first. He Well, he, said he, ask. he said he knew about it. Um, and that she had talked to him before it got released and then it was just leaked and he was fine with it because he said that, uh, that song ended up getting a lot of like new interest in it 10 years after it came out that it kind of revitalized that album a lot. So he's like, well, whatever I'm getting Spotify streams off of it now. So, yeah, I mean, it depends on how they go about it though. Like a lot of people, like I think Aphex Twins track, Avril Fourteenth got Kanye West sampled it or something, but they didn't ask. And oh yeah, like there's a difference between sampling and there's a difference between 
playing the record and rapping over it. I don't know. For sure, for sure. And I think Warp has defended and has sued most of the people that have tried to use that sample because I think Saturnet Live got in trouble for it too, and they sued to have it removed. Yeah, I guess it's just a personal thing for me because, like I said earlier about how I didn't want to use presets or, like, shortcuts, I I was always real stingent stringent on sampling like i didn't i didn't just i just didn't even appreciate it as a concept like i didn't think it just felt so illegal (laughs) like i didn't even you know never would take four seconds of a song and i think i've done that now oh yeah one of my songs is literally just another person's song sped up really fast (laughs) i don't know if i should say which one we don't want to get in trouble so the vapor vaporwave yeah well speed up slow down it's not just the songs but i real fast like a a part of it like a like it sounds like an arpeggiator like a pad but it's really just a song's intro sped up it's a chord progression like a pluck i i'm gonna have to go explore that now (laughs) i think i've given enough information to someone i know what it is (laughs) (laughs) we'll just leave it be and let the listener figure that out um so you're talking about having a little bit of writer block earlier. You released a song yesterday, which would be Friday the twenty or Saturday, Saturday. the twenty second. Yeah, um, so was that was that a primer? Is that something you just had? You just wanted to get out there. Hmm, how much should I divulge? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it would take away from the magic or make me make me look cheap. I don't know. Um, uh the way like i said about being impatient i make songs absurdly fast and i want to get them out there really fast i think that uh so no i made that song yesterday i um made that song yesterday like made it i was just gonna say you made it yesterday (laughs) and released it yesterday yeah Yeah, totally like i made it you could using the word master is a bit um loose bit little generous but yeah mastered it and uh put it out i was just um i got out my volca fm i was talking about earlier and uh because that like that helps sometimes with writer's blog if i get a piece of hardware out that i can touch and fuck with and you know you get the tangential feedback then uh, it helps and I, I was putting something down and it was so bad it was just so uninspired and then i i just i saved the the project as a copy and delete everything and just start over and this melody just came to mind or just wrote itself basically. And uh, I was like, this is a really good melody. I'll put a bass on it, slap the drums in. Bing, yeah, I was happy with bing, it. Bing, bada, boom. There it is out the door. Yeah. Um, no, I, it's not a primer. No. Um, the thing is with an album, uh, my last album, I, I set out intentionally with, because I've never, all my albums are like pretty hate machine in the way that they're just a collection of songs. Uh, Never thought about flow. Maybe they have like, they have a saving grace of that they're made during the same time period. So, you know, everything's bouncing around in your head and, you know, you kind of have an idea, but I never made something that has a flow front to back, you know, that sounds like a cohesive piece. And with Forgiven Reformat, I did try that. I actually went out out of my way to try that. And I think I succeeded in in some way, but I I don't want to do another album because I'd, I'd like to do that, but a lot better. All right. Let me ask you this to go along with your album sure. stuff. Uh, your art direction. 
How, oh, how did you. that come about? Uh, you mean like the visual stuff, like the covers? Yeah. Oh, a necessity. Like, um, I learned Photoshop when I was really young, and uh, I, there's there's nothing to write home about. It's it's very it's very utilitarian. It's not. It's just I need something for this. Like literally yesterday, I was like, but I was uploading it to Bandcamp. I was like, oh, I need a fucking cover for this. <laughs> so, open up Photoshop and just um. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Like it literally, I did notice though that lately that the crescent moon is like my logo, mm-hmm. but that was totally an accident. It's just like, I just like how it looks. And uh, no, I just tinker with shit until it looks interesting. Okay, because that's where I think you were kind of prodding at is, is there a on purpose motif that you consistently use? Like the crescent moon shows up. It's again, sort of your logo. So yeah. So like yeah, it's also in the shape of a D. Like you could you could make that into like a D and make my name out of it or whatever. But no, uh, there like specifically, it's hard with electronic music because like, I think Fix Twin says this too. Like you can't really, there's no lyrics. There's not really much of meaning. Uh, I mean, I've written songs or made songs that do evoke a feeling I'm having. Not 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 like a you know a, a more complex feeling about the world or life or whatever my life not just i'm sad i'm happy that's too that's actually kind of difficult just to make something that sounds good that's that simple like um but no there's not usually my most favorite thing is just making songs that fit i usually come up with song titles before i come up with songs and so i don't know i have a weird thing about it where song titles just have a big impact on me and if i can make something that sounds like the title that's i kind of succeed if it sounds cool going along like if i can read the text of the title and hear that song playing and it sounds like it's a cool experience then sure i know that makes me weird but no i like that angle yeah that and the art thing too like here it is it was something that i needed and it turns out to be something that's really cool and it wasn't this big weird story (laughs) Right. No, I, not I, that's definitely where me and that's where me and Seth differ for sure. I don't have like a. I do love that idea of, of like a, a movie inside his head, and he's he's, he's like um, he's scoring it as he goes. Like that is such a cool idea, but it doesn't really translate that well to the listener. It's so like literally, there's no way for anyone to infer exactly. Which I mean, that's art in general. I can't tell. I can't listen to the song and be like, this is what they were saying. This is what they meant by objectively. Like, this is totally what they. This character you know, to... is walking down the hallway and they're really scared right now. And it's at yeah, this it's point not in the happen. song. Uh, I could tell that from this 4-4 beat. I could tell it totally. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think with like Seth, it's interesting because I think even even he himself now challenges that idea where. Yeah. Because um, what I liked was the compare and contrast from what he used to say about the album to what he says now which is it was just me in the moment and that's where i was in the headspace and that's just what it was i yeah. created the story around it to help me kind of get it out there and talk about it but in reality it was just a reflection of what i was going through and there's not really more to it than oh that. for sure for sure yeah i think he's realized that now but yeah i don't uh i don't have any no there's nothing yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks. So that makes it that does make it more difficult to write like the album, like an actual album that has cohesion, because that tool would help totally. Like you have a story that that has beats, and you can you can score to that. But uh, no, I just 
yeah, I just try to make stuff like I try to at least make the logo this time. I tried to make it at least kind of look like how the song would sound. I don't, I don't know. That's up to the person listening, I guess, though. That's perfect. That's how you need it to be. Again, I like it. If I was yeah. a person of any talent whatsoever, <laughs> any, and I was able to make music, I would probably say, like, this sounds like a really cool title. Like, this sounds fucking sweet. Now time to make a song that goes along with it. So yeah. I, I appreciate Stuff just that. comes in my head, and I, I'm like, man, that would be such a cool song title. And then, like, that, you think usually it's the other way around. I mean, when I first started, I had a lot of difficulty coming up with titles. So my brain got, I rewired it, or, you know, through necessity to start coming up with titles better. And, like, you'll hear something in a video or a movie or something. It's like, that sounds fucking cool. Wouldn't that be cool to be a song title or something and then so it's the other way around where i need to have music that goes with it instead of the other way it works it's interesting how people um their process and what that is and some people it's extremely complex and convoluted and other people it's very straightforward uh there's no wrong way at the end of the day no not at all the i think you know like again initiates a is a hot album um and really all your music is uh so it doesn't matter the secret to how you made it it's still the it speaks for itself yeah i mean there, there, there are some songs where it's like like hurt for example i fucking love hotline miami and i wanted basically like a song that could that would be playing in hotline miami and you wouldn't like it would fit and i think i think that one fits pretty well but you know i can i can agree with that the song if is also was really a, hot having played both well, the games <laughs> I, I if only that. I was a little bit sooner on that release, I could have actually made it into the game. But uh, yeah. So what's the, what's your vision or goal or what are you trying to do with Demon now? I mean, are, are, you're you're not actively making a record. You might accidentally make one. For all yeah. we know, next week we could have a, a new release. That is actually possible. Yeah, <laughs> sad to say that is actually possible. There's been times where I'm telling somebody. Hey, don't expect anything down the pipes, you know. I'm just not, <laughs> I don't have anything coming. And then the next day I put something out and I was like, oh, I feel like a douchebag for telling them. It just feels weird. Like I'm lying to them. I'm not, I'm not lying. It's just I have weird bursts of creativity. And uh, if I could channel it out to last for a long, a long time it would take to make an album, I would. I would like to, I feel like this, I do kind of feel like this is as far as I'm going to get. I mean, if I were to put a lot of effort into this, I could probably make it into a thing I could live off of. I don't know. Um, ideally, I would like to do what I was saying is make that, make an album that I'd be happy putting on vinyl, make an album that sounds like an album. All the songs go together. They sound nice. There's no filler, nothing like that. And uh, yeah, I'm never, I guess I'm just never happy with what I've made in the end. I mean, I can look back I've, after so, so many years, I've looked back and I can sit today and say, I am proud of that. I know you might, it, it might just be, you know, a Comtrue's ripoff or whatever, but I'm proud of what I've made. But uh, I'd like to end it with something that's like, I'm super proud of, I guess. If you got to that point, would it be the end? Would you be like, this is it? I'm done? Maybe. <laughs> I don't really. Uh, this is... is kind of the only thing I got good at and stuck with. Like, I didn't. I don't. I don't have a. For a long time, I didn't have a hobby that was like, that would last. I'd always get into something and then drop it, get bored of it, or whatever. But music, for some weird reason, just stuck around. I. I didn't have a problem 
sitting there for hours making a shitty loop and or sometimes a song or just keep trying it didn't really bother me but i don't know i mean i feel like if i were to keep making music under this name it'd have to i've put out uh, a lot in a short time span relatively speaking it would have to like i don't know if anyone would really care you know i don't know that that's true but hopefully there's there's more that's it out of all the people that we've talked to nobody's ever talked about like any type of end right and now i'm really yeah. fucking bummed out <laughs> yeah. no, i didn't mean to bum anybody out it's just uh like with the writer's block it's been hard it's a miracle i got that track out yesterday like i said it is just an absolute miracle it, like looking down the, the the pipe and seeing like like seeing the prospect of making an album is just so daunting. I, I don't know. And I, I don't want to sit here and say, Hey, don't get your hopes up. You know, you don't expect anything because there is a, a chance that it might happen. It's just, uh, I've, I've kind of been enjoying the break in a way, but it's mostly, it's not really of my own volition. And I, I would just sit down and it was just so unmotivating. I was so uninspiring. Nothing would, I mean, at this moment, I do have a folder. I do have a folder. I have an album name. <laughs> of course, you know, I've got the name first. Um, that I do want to see the light of day. I really do. There's some really good tracks in there, I think, but they're like, they're at the, they're at the stage now. They're really, they're like 30 seconds. They're loops. So they're doodles. Taking those. Hmm? They're musical doodles. Yeah, they're doodles. But they're good, though, in my opinion. Like, they, they sound like, I can imagine them as a full track, but I can't actually imagine how to make them into a full <laughs> track. So I would like you to be a full track. I have no idea how to get there. Yeah, that's how um, I'm going through life. Like, how do I make this an actual thing? I have no idea how to get there. How do I make my life look more like a life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it is with music. I don't know. I've always had a problem with like, um, my songs are a lot of my songs are short, and because I feel like making them longer would be artificial and it wouldn't be, it'd be a lot of copy pasting or like forcing it because you can't really make. Like depending on how the song starts and the, and the chorus and the structure and everything, it's not going to, you'd have to really try hard to, I don't know if I'm just complaining about work, but like you have to try hard to make it interesting if it's going to last that long. Otherwise it's really repetitive. So I, but personally, I, say, say, I think I know exactly what you're, what you're trying to say. It is a do what you want to do. <laughs> don't do what you don't want to do kind of thing. So if like the song ends up being short and that's what you want to do, you shouldn't do anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm wrestling with right now. I'm like, I should just be happy with like how I look at it because I don't want a song to go on longer than it needs. It's kind of like a series. It's like Simpsons being 40, 40 seasons or whatever. It's like, just die already. Like, yes, please. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it's gone on too long. I don't want, I don't like to, yeah, it's like a cheapness thing. If the song's two minutes, 30 seconds, but it's a really fucking cool, like the, the, the time span of like 40 seconds of the chorus is so good. You want to keep listening to it over and over again. Cause I've had songs that I like of from people where they're really short, but they're so fucking good that you're just like, man, I want to hear this constantly. And as long as you get a loop like that, you're set. As long as you have a loop that you don't want to stop, like you, you don't want to stop looping in Ableton, like, you pretty much have a song, in my opinion, for me. It's interesting that you say that because I've I've definitely had it where I've listened to a song that's short and then heard it in extended version of that song. And like, you know what? I like the shorter version better. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because it's like, just sometimes it just doesn't seem, 
like it needs that much. It's like kind of fluff. Like I said, it's you're artificially making it out to be something it's not. It tells it, it does what it needs to do. It builds up. It has a release. It does all it needs to say. There's no point to loop it. Like you'd just be copy pasting. And it gets to the point where it's like, what can I add at this like second chorus or final chorus to make it worth the, the listener's time? And I feel like you can't be having that mindset because that conflicts with how you make stuff sonically. You have a limited amount of room. You can't squash. I mean, you can. I have done that before. I'm guilty of that. But I feel like you're you're actually damaging the process if you try to uh, try to do that too much. I hear that. I hear that. I feel that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is all. I thank you for for giving this insight because I I find it really really interesting. Uh, you pick it into your mind a bit and and hearing you talk about. Uh, how you write songs and and sort of where the the limit is for yourself and uh, I, I just yeah it's interesting it's very interesting and now that you say that like I was thinking as you were talking about that it's like man these people that could like tool how could tool make a 12 minute song <laughs> I know right yeah that's uh I feel like a lot of those songs though some of the long songs like who's some artists that made some really like there's artists like like it wasn't like uh, early metal was known for like having really long there's that uh there's some new artists today that do that but they they evolve so much that like some of king crimson stuff they're, they're not that long maybe grateful dead there's one like they evolve so much at the end that if you were to take five sand uh, five seconds at the end and play it and then take five seconds of like the beginning they're not alike like they're different melodies altogether sometimes because if you want it to not be boring, then yeah, you have to put that, that work in. And basically you're making like a symphony at that point. Right. Right. And that's really kind of what comes to mind is I was thinking like, as you're talking about like song progressions and, and it structures of songs, it's like, man, you really got to put a lot. Of, if you want to keep something that gauges someone, there's a lot of thought that goes into musical movement and theory and making it. Cause otherwise, how do you prevent yourself from just, putting something on loop for three minutes or five minutes. Yeah. I just get embarrassed if I'm like this, if I, if I'm making a song and it, it relies so heavily, like even with the song I put out yesterday, I feel like maybe I could have cut down on the uh, repetition, but I'm not, I'm not like every listener. Some listeners might like, like, cause I'll listen to a song and realize that, Oh, it's kind of, it is looping for four bars. And as long as you cut it off there, as long as it's not eight bars and 16 bars of looping, as long as you have a uh, some break, some, some, uh, something in the middle between those two loops, it does a lot. Like, cause your your memory span on when listening to music isn't that great. Like, cause there's so much going on with music, it's it's pretty complicated that how much how many noises are happening at the same time mm-hmm. that your brain can't really keep up. I mean, it can try, but you're not gonna remember like, oh yeah, that hi hat. I I remember that hi hat. So, yeah. Never yeah, once just, uh... has that been a word that I've ever, <laughs> I've ever said. Oh man, that yeah. that hi hat. I that was in one minute three seconds, and it was repeated at three minutes three seconds. Yeah, yeah it's hard to when you're in, at least for me when I'm in like this, making the song. It's hard to step out. It took me a long time to learn how to step out of the shoes of my own shoes and like think how other people are going to perceive it and comments. Like that's something that's helped so much. People sending me messages and like just general comments on, on public channels like YouTube and stuff helps you realize that so much. Cause if you're in isolation, like not seeing how people react to it, 
you wouldn't know. You would think that like all those fears you're having is what everyone's experiencing, but not the case all the time. Do you have an example of a comment someone made? Now I'm I'm curious as to right. As to I mean, that. in general, just with the people like the song, like <laughs> if they like it that much, like people like for instance, people saying like this is the best shit ever, and this is how does he do it? He's so good, and it's like. I wouldn't have thought that myself in the shoes making it because of those, <laughs> the reasons I listed earlier. Like I would have, I would have said this, this is too loopy, you know, um, or too, it's too repetitive, not loopy. Loopy is a different word. Um, yeah. They're, they're not going to think that for the most part. It's just, it's just like, a, it's a weird anxiety you have to remove yourself from. And that's not easy when you're making the song. I mean, has there been negative comments as well? Cause I would say one thing, if, Again, if I were a person of any talent and I was putting something out, like one negative comment would just, that would gut me. And, and I would know it would be from like just a random person who it wouldn't matter, but that would really get to me. Um, funnily enough, I think almost to a detriment, there has been very few, at the very, well, I mean, it depends on, you have to separate it by constructive and non-constructive comments. Like, Overall, it's almost like I said, it's been been bad for me because no one's ever said this is a little, you know, this this is bad. Like this this doesn't sound good or whatever. It's been not that I'm like tooting my own horn or anything, but it's mostly positive. I don't really have any control over it. that's what that's just what people say. So, um, the 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 only bad comments this this would be getting would be would be rehashing this is like people very very rudely comparing me to someone else and like accusing me of theft or like mm-hmm. you know. Or, or accusing me of just just leeching off somebody, but um, no. It, sometimes I would not actually wish like people would give me don't do it now, don't go out and do it now. <laughs> but uh, it would have been nice early on to get more constructive. But maybe I'm doing something right. Maybe I'm just that good. I don't want to say that myself. But I mean, I I would say that you're doing something right, and I have no no criticisms. Yeah, and you hate everything, so... I do, yeah, I wow. do hate everything. Guess, yeah, That's a good watermarker then, yeah. Yeah, really, honestly, that's that's your high crest mark. If if Kyle likes it, then you know you're probably good. All right, then I'll just... Uh, I can do no wrong, then. I'll just make whatever I want and See? put it out. And... There you go, done. Yeah, but no, uh, no, no, no negative comments for the most part. I mean... Uh, I never did the thing... I had, I used to, like I said, I used to have friends that were fellow producers that would uh i could show show them stuff but even back then i don't think it would be that useful even now because i mean they're only going to tell you like what you already know for the most part and and, like anything that would be insightful is not going to help because they're different like their 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 musical style and way would be different so you know if you're doing a collaboration then that makes sense because you'll you'll come to a middle ground you'll contrast compare and contrast and take what's left in the middle and make something together. Whereas if you're just trying to get feedback, it might not be as helpful. Have you thought about doing, um, collaborations? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people I'd like to do it, do some collabs with. I've done some before. Um, <laughs> but not all of them were great experiences. Uh, <laughs> I like to laugh before that. <laughs> I mean, one of them was a progressive house track where basically I added like a clap, like a, like a, a real clap, like a snare clap. And I think that was it. <laughs> they did all the work, basically. I, not that I, I wanted to do more, but they, you know, I mean, they're not like a bad person or anything. They're not like some, some dick or anything, but it was just, it didn't really work out. Another one, um, it never got off the track, never got, never got off the ground. We just, it just kind of died. But uh, 
Yeah, I would like to. It, it would definitely be, you know, it's a process, but I'd like to, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting hearing about Collaborate because that's an entirely different um, side of music and creativity and what that brings out. And, uh, it, you know, it's one thing when you work in your from your own head is another when you're riffing off another person. And, you know, it's it's another interesting thing when you talk uh, like hotel pools could expound on it because he collaborates a lot with people. Um, I think that takes a kind of a probably a pretty special um it really gives me ptsd from like my college time so it's like okay you're doing group work and then it's just like oh who's gonna get fucked (laughs) (laughs) it's like something someone's not gonna do what they should and they're gonna get the credit for it regardless of if they contribute or not and then it's just like trying to wrangle them into getting to work with you at a specific time and this, that, and the other thing. Oh, I'm so glad I'm out of college. <laughs> yeah, the planets kind of have to align in some cases. Like you have to have the right person that you can you can mesh with well, and they have to you have to both have have an understanding about what you want to accomplish. And that's not a guarantee. It's like real life relationships. Like you're not compatible with some people. That's just yeah. how it is. You have to find out. And so, I would like in, in collabing, like you said, with creativity, it would be such a good way to help alleviate writer's block because it would open up a whole world of like you'd send them something. They're like, how about this? It's like, you should totally do this to it. It would sound way cooler. It's like, why didn't I think of that? It'd be stuff like that. You hear that folks? A fresh pair of ears. Devin is yeah. down for collaboration. Reach out to this guy. Yeah. You can probably make that work. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Well, um, I really appreciate your time and, uh, it, it, God, it's just, it's been really fun. Uh, this is our first yeah. show back in quite a while, so I also feel like we we, we really cracked a code, solved the mystery. Yeah, <laughs> just being able to get a hold of you. Yeah, I feel really accomplished after this. I feel really good so about myself. So we could finally answer it. I, I don't. I'm not Seth Haley, sadly. But no, no, but you but, know, no good. That's good. No, yeah, it's good. That's good stuff. Well, you know, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking yeah, with us. For having me. Uh, it was fun. Uh, Kyle, it was really fun. Yeah. What do you got to say? So it's it has been a while since we've done a show, and I'm really glad that this is the one we could do to get back into things. Oh yeah, it's an honor. So thank you. so thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Totally. Well, I think that's it. Until next time, this is Eric, and this is Kyle. Thank you, Demon, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Motherfucking paradise arcade.